have to put the pen down or else I'm like... Uh, yeah, you sit there and you start <laughs> you just, fidgeting with it. You should it. look at the last video. Like, my doodle starts, like, in uh-huh. the upper corner and then takes over, like, half the page. No, that's fine. That's, like, they they, they actually that, say that, like, the, that actually helps a lot of people focus. That's the one. I, when I look yeah. like I'm doodling, I, it actually helps me pay attention. Okay. Yeah. All right. Welcome to A Spirited Life. I'm Mark. I'm Christine. And this week, we're going to be doing our monthly check-in. We're going to be taking a look at how we've been progressing against our goals, and we're also going to be taking a look at how we're doing with our budget. Our Whiskey of the Week is a whiskey that'll line up with our monthly recap that is sometimes a hit and sometimes a miss. We'll also be talking about what filled our spirit. We want to live a spirited life. We're documenting our journey towards financial independence while balancing that with living in the present and enjoying our time in the journey. While we want to work towards financial independence, there's no guarantee for what tomorrow will bring. We don't want to wait to enjoy our lives because tomorrow isn't promised. We want to share our journey to help keep ourselves intentional and accountable. And we invite you to come along with us as we work towards living a spirited life. The Whiskey of the Week is for us a whiskey that tends to be a hit or miss. Kind of like checking in on your goals. Sometimes it's a hit, sometimes it's a miss. So we chose Weller 107 from Buffalo Trace. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Also known as Weller Antique, it comes to us from Buffalo Trace. It is 107 proof. It is not age dated, but it's estimated to be around six to eight years old. It's an undisclosed mash bill, but it is the same one that they use for Pappy Van Winkle. And it is a weeded mash bill. The MSRP on this is $55. However, your price may vary quite a bit on that if you're not in a control state. I've seen this anywhere from that $55 all the way up to $150 sitting on shelves. And again, we selected this because sometimes it hits for us and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we really enjoy it and sometimes it's just not our jam. But we wanted to pick that because that happens with our goals sometimes too, where sometimes we hit our goals and sometimes we don't do so well. And that's okay. So let's go ahead and let's get into this. It's got a nice copper color to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's get it on the nose. Definitely some nice floral notes on the nose. Maybe a, uh, a little bit of, of sweet red berry. I was going to say I get like a dark pitted red fruit. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. And definitely get a little bit of like some, some caramel or toffee notes in there too. I get some vanilla. I can definitely get a little bit of that vanilla. It's like vanilla toffee. It's really nice. All right. Let's go ahead and let's get into it. Cheers. Cheers. Really light and fruity. Definitely very, very, very floral on my palate today. Yeah. I'm I'm getting kind of like a, a nondescript fruitiness on the front. I can't, like I couldn't pick a particular fruit, like a particular stone fruit. I'm getting like a knockoff juicy fruit. I could see that. I could definitely see like kind of a knockoff juicy fruit, but not quite to the level of like fruit stripe gum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So somewhere in between juicy fruit and fruit stripe. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, on the mid palate, a little bit of spiciness. That that 107 proof definitely kicks in there, but yep. it's not really overwhelming. Um, I would say that there's just a, a smidge of like cinnamon that I'm getting. I was going to say there's a spicy thing to it, like cinnamon on the stick. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to take and, and suck on a cinnamon stick for a moment. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I could see that. And that's like mid to late palate with a little bit of oakiness, a little bit of a woodiness, but it's not 
overwhelming in the finish. No, it, it fades fast. It stays on my um, front of my palette longer than on the back of my palette. Yeah, I would agree. I think the the front and mid palette are definitely much stronger. Mm-hmm. And it hits the late palette. It really starts to kind of like have this nice fade um, in a good way as the oak kind of sets Ooh. in. I think I got like a little bit of that black licorice type thing on my back. Like it was just like whoosh on the back of my palette. Yeah. Just like a flash of it real whoosh. quick. Yeah. Yeah. Whoosh. And then gone. <laughs> Is black licorice like a ninja? Is that how that works? It's just like whoosh, yeah. pop out and then it's gone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Watch out. Overall, a you know, really enjoyable pour. Um, I know a lot of people go crazy over this in terms of wanting to get it and wanting to find it. I think it's great, but I'm not necessarily going to be reaching for it every single time. And I think if someone's going out and they're looking for it for the first time, would I recommend maybe paying a little bit more over MSRP? Sure. If it's your first bottle, but more than a hundred. Yeah. Oh, I I definitely, I wouldn't personally pay more than a hundred for this. And at this point with, I feel like the MSRP on it is actually spot on for what it is. Oh, yeah. Like, it really is. A, it's a good 50 to $55 whiskey. It's just not a high on my list at all. It's not even on my list. I think it would have to be something where it's. I have a few options, and I don't like any of the other options, so I would drink it. Yeah, and that's just your that's personal just preference. Yeah, hey, for some me. people, this is their jam, and they love it, and I get that. And for those people, good on you. Yeah, absolutely. For me, I'm... I'm closer to where you are. I enjoy it. I think it's great, but I don't find myself reaching for it a ton. Mm-hmm. There's other things that I would rather reach for before going for this. So overall, again, I, I enjoy this every now and then, but I don't necessarily find myself reaching for it. Again, just like sometimes with our goal setting, sometimes it's a hit and sometimes yeah, it's a miss. Yeah. So let's go ahead and let's reflect on the month and let's see how we're doing on our goals. So just as a quick recap for some of the things that we've talked about on the podcast so far, we've talked about our goals and we've talked about um, how we needed to set those goals up and the initiatives that we were going to work on to have those goals. And we talked about the fact that we would need to do a check-in on those goals. Mm -hmm. We've reached the point where we need to do that check-in. So there's a couple things that we need to review in this case. So one is we're going to reflect on our goals. We're going to talk about what progress we made. We're going to talk about how we did. And we're also going to take a look and see if there's anything that we need to adjust. And then we're also going to review our monthly spending. The monthly spending is important because we're trying to understand how much money we're spending in a monthly basis and also understand how much we're spending on a yearly basis so that we can start to determine what our financial independence number is. So without understanding how much we're spending on a monthly basis or on a yearly basis, it's really difficult to know how much money you need to have financial independence. So we're working on getting some of that data. We'll get to that here in a little bit, but we're going to start with reflecting and checking on the goals. So with that, Mm -hmm. how'd you do? I did. Okay. I would give myself a passing. Okay. Maybe 70%. Okay. Passing is still. That's good. Good. Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is, learning how to set my goals and then how I've adapted. Uh, in the beginning of the month, I just kind of like vomited all my goals in one week. Like, okay, I'm going to do all these things. And then that wasn't setting myself up for success. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I learned how to dial it back a little bit 
Good. And then I think part of it also is learning the adjustments, especially with tracking what works best for me and then how I could set myself up for February and February's goals. Yeah, as we talked about, that tracking is super important. So it's good that you were able to make that adjustment in terms of the number of goals that you originally set and then how you dialed those back. Talk about that a little bit. So I just went with everything I wanted to do. So I wrote down my first week and it was like life and learning, which is everything from anything that involves the podcast and editing and all that stuff um, to bird. I'm learning about birding and bird feeding and bird watching. Um, then I budgeting, working out, which is everything from strength training and working out to diet. So it sounds like, based on what you just described, that it was kind of a little too broad and maybe not focused enough on the specifics of what you wanted to accomplish. Yes. I think one was very broad. Two, it was all the goals that I wanted to accomplish in that first week. Well, all the goals that I wanted to accomplish, say, in the first quarter, I tried to cram into the first week. Okay. And I didn't set myself up for learning that, like, okay, so let's take working out because that's an easy one. So I... I'd like to get back to strength training. I'd like to get back to to really focusing on different activities. So instead of taking the baby steps and going, okay, this first week, we're just going to do something every day. I went, no, I'm doing three three times strength training, three times yoga, and then something else. So I kind of just shot for the moon mm-hmm. and overestimated what I should be doing. And then that made me fail because it was too much to jump into right away yeah you fell into the trap that many people fall into when it comes to setting goals and wanting to work through change is that you tried to do everything all at once and you Mm -hmm. tried to make too many changes at the same time without actually changing your behaviors and habits in a consistent way to reinforce those outcomes Mm mm-hmm And what happens when you do that, and trust me, I've been victim of this so many times, is that you get so excited to go do those goals. You're like, yes, I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to do all these things. And you're not actually thinking about all the behaviors that are happening around that Mm -hmm. that haven't been changed or haven't been adjusted to allow you to be able to make that happen. And there are some people who can do that. There are some people who literally can change on a dime like that and can change their habits that way. They are very rare. It is very rare for someone to be able to change their habits that extremely in that short a period of time. Mm-hmm. That usually needs to look more like how I've been changing my habits in the past, which is doing more of the habit stacking, changing one small thing, and then making sure that you're focused on that one small thing and making that a new behavior mm-hmm. that is happening consistently. And so it's not surprising to hear you say that that didn't work out well. Yeah. I think on top of it is just I don't stop and think and I don't start slow. I, You know, and we can tell everyone else now, I tend to jump in two feet and either I go or I quit. Um, and that goes from the goal setting that I did to even figuring out how to track my goals. I had three different tracking methods because I really wasn't sure – what worked for me so again I threw it all at the wall and then as it started going and I started failing in certain areas I was able to adjust and see what worked best for me yeah that's good because you did some testing you weren't sure which one of those different tracking techniques were going to work for you and so you tested some of those different tracking techniques out 
and you started figuring out what wasn't going to work for you mm-hmm. by observing and seeing the fact that, hey, I'm trying to do this tracking in these different ways and this one isn't working for me and this one isn't working mm-hmm. for me. And today I saw you using the new tracking system that you've been using and I you were using it and it's filled out and it's got a lot of information on it, which is great. So I applaud you for finding that thing that's working for you five different ways to to figure it out and and set myself up so that kind of goes through i we like i jump in and i kind of overshot my goals no i shot too high for my goals i didn't overshoot my goals because if i would have overshot my goals i would have been amazingly successful was not amazingly successful um so how about you how did you start off Yeah. So just as a quick recap, I had a theme of simplicity and I talked about, I had a, a, you know, something around my, my life and something around my health and something around finances that I wanted to work on where I failed. And this was my big learning. It was in the tracking is that I did not set an expectation for myself about when that behavior was going to happen for the tracking and so therefore, I had nothing to anchor on and I was not reinforcing the tracking one way or the other, mm-hmm. whether I was successful or, or failing. So mm-hmm. in my my life goal of wanting to build a habit of learning and wanting to do more reading, I have no data. I don't know how many times that I did my reading because I didn't track it. So I have no idea how much better I got at reading. I know that I did some reading. I also know that I need to do more than what I did, but I can't tell you exactly how many times I spent time reading or not reading Mm -hmm. the way that I wanted to. All right. I think this kind of gives an insight into our personalities and our relationship type wise that everyone can now see. Like, as you said, you go with starting with simplicity where I jump in two feet and figure it out on top of you went, "Eh, I really didn't do tracking where I went. I went through four different tracking methods and I hit the wall. Yeah. I would say that I have to work very hard to not do what you described, which is to just jump in and try and do everything all at once. And it's been because I failed so many times previously in doing that, that I know that I need to do something different. Otherwise I probably would, would behave exactly how you described where it's like, all right, I'm just going to go full bore and I'm just going to jump right into it. I've had enough pain in the past (laughs) Of failure to not do that. Pain and failure, the best ways to learn. Yeah. So so that same thing is also consistent for my health goals. I can't tell you how many times I worked out. Again, I know it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of work that needs to happen with that. I do have my food tracking. So the living a healthier lifestyle as measured by how many times I work out and how many times I track my food because the, the food is digital and I was already doing that particular habit that I already have. Mm-hmm. And so I tracked 11 out of 31 days, which is not enough. I need to be better at that. Um, but I have been more mindful in general and I have been paying more attention to what I'm eating, when I'm eating and how much I'm eating. Mm-hmm. And I, the behavior that I have changed, and, and this is probably the most important thing is this, I am still measuring consistently when I go to eat my food or things like that Mm -hmm. is that I'm doing portion control through measurement. And that already has paid dividends towards lowering my weight back down closer to where it was 
back in third quarter of last year and fourth quarter of last year. So gained a little bit over the holidays. That's normal. Who doesn't? Of course. But I'm back on track and I'm back to losing some of the weight. Mm-hmm. So things are moving in the right direction. Now, the last one in budget consistency, that one I was really good on. And that one I was trying to be really disciplined, especially as measured by the number of times that I spent over my budget. And the goal was zero. And I did a good job of that in terms of based on my budget that I originally had and how much money I expected to be coming in, I spent within my budget. But we had a bonus that came in. And so I expanded that a little bit. And so I did spend over what I anticipated spending. Um, and that's okay. I did that intentionally. I knew that that was going to happen. So you built yourself in a buffer. I built myself in a buffer based on something that changed. Mm-hmm. So the context changed based on that additional bonus money that I got. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to say, okay, I'm going to intentionally make a choice to spend over on this because I wasn't anticipating this in the first place. So I'm still within my budget and within my constraints in mm-hmm. that regard. Now, is there still opportunity for, you know, in our monthly spending, how we're spending, and what we're spending on? For sure. We'll talk about that in a minute. I think also just adapting to the change, like the big thing with my budget and keeping me on budget was realizing that I was going to be putting in a notice at my job and then taking a job that would be part time for a little bit, which would really put a crunch on my income, my incoming income. So I wanted to make sure that I saved enough so that it would balance out when I was making less money for that short term. So you talked a little bit about some of the adjustments that you made mm-hmm. with your tracking and things like that. What other adjustments have you identified that you maybe need to make? Yeah. So um, through going through my goals, I really broke down why either I hit it or why I didn't hit it, which then factored into the adjustments that I will be making. Okay. Um, so part of the healthy body thing was stretching, and it was an AM stretch stretch routine, just 10 minutes or whatever. So it worked because I had a trigger of I got up, I made coffee and I stretched. My hangups were when I didn't follow that routine, like so Saturday, Sunday. And then I had to become really mindful about doing some extra stretches throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So with working out, I think I overestimated what I was capable of doing mm-hmm. uh, in my current situation. I was working nine hours a day, 50 hours a week. Yeah. Um, I just didn't have the energy at the end of the day to put my to put workouts into the day. So I really need to uh, needed to adjust kind of what my body needed at that time and how I could set myself up to gain that um, routine again. Yeah. And that's a good adjustment in the moment that you needed to make to not feel bad about the fact that, Hey, you're working these nine hour days in a physically taxing job. Mm -hmm. And then to expect yourself to come home and do what I would call a significant workout routine of like a half an hour or more, yeah. that's not really reasonable, right? And so making Thank that adjustment. I appreciate that because I was beating myself up for a while. Yeah, and I would encourage you to not do that because at like you're making that adjustment in the moment. You're listening to your body. You're listening to your energy and what you know that you can do and you're not potentially making something even worse for yourself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it sounds like you've got some some pretty good adjustments. Anything else? Not really. I think it's just a matter of dialing in my tracking, mm-hmm. dialing in my estimation of how to start slowly to build good bases 
to continue to grow on. And I think with those done, I think I'm going into February in a different different place. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Well, the first adjustment I need to make is I need to pour myself a little mm-hmm. bit more whiskey because this is pretty good for me today. So that's the just, first adjustment. I was just talking about how earlier I'm like, yeah, like I said, it's not, it's not up on my list, but I will totally drink it if it's in front of me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so to answer your question about what adjustments I need to make, the, the big thing that I need to do is I need to do better tracking. And what I need to identify is, is where am I going to do that? What is the behavior change that's going to happen as a result of that? And so what I need to identify is, is a time where I will go over to my physical calendar because I have a physical calendar that is up on the wall mm-hmm. and I need to identify the specific things that I'm going to write down and what those things are that's going to be documented and get very explicit and very specific about how that's going to happen so that I make sure that I follow through on that each and every day. So one of the things I've, I've learned about myself is that the concept of habit stacking works really well for me. Being able to start with a habit and make that a habit, make it something that is, becomes a new behavior that I do consistently and regularly, and then stacking onto that mm-hmm. is something that works really well for me. So creating that flow of behavior where it's, all right. I wake up, I come downstairs, I pour a cup of coffee, I use the restroom if I need to, I go and stretch. Mm -hmm. Basically setting that as a series of triggers is what's worked for me. And in the past, what I've done is I've stacked onto that to be able to be successful in adding on new behaviors. Mm -hmm. What I don't have is I don't have that evening trigger to be able to look, take a look back at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. I know that what I need to do to be able to do this better tracking and to be able to change my behavior is that I need to set up some sort of trigger to be able to say, this is when this will happen. Mm -hmm. And I am going to make sure that that takes priority over anything else. That is absolutely the thing that I need to do whenever that trigger happens so that I build that new behavior and it becomes a habit and it just becomes something that I do. So it's setting routines and setting if this happens, then this happens. Correct. It's basically uh, if this, then that. That's the phrase I was looking for. Yep. And so if this happens, then I go do this. Mm -hmm. And admittedly, I personally don't like that, but I know that it works for my brain. And it's so weird. It's a struggle. It really is. Like it is really tough because I personally don't like that much structure Mm -hmm. but i know that if i want to achieve the outcomes that's the structure structure. i need to give myself because look what happened when i didn't give myself that structure i was not as successful as Uh, i could have been yeah and that's tough and and i have to reconcile that in my own head of okay if i really want to Mm -hmm. accomplish these goals Mm -hmm then I need to be able to set myself up for success with a system that supports that. That system has to have some structure. For me, not everybody necessarily needs mm-hmm. to have that, but for me, that to system set you needs up, to, yeah. yeah, that system needs to have structure. 
Has to. We'll figure out what that is. That's the thing that I'm going to figure out in this next week. Okay. And that's my goal for this week is to figure out how to set that anchoring mm-hmm. trigger so that I can start to stack some habits off of that to make sure that I'm tracking, to make sure that I'm hitting these goals, mm-hmm. make sure that I'm getting to the outcomes that I want to get to. Awesome. I found for me, when I sit down, I do my little stretches, I have my coffee, bring my calendar off the wall, and I, in pencil, write down what I want to do. I think for me, writing it down in the morning what I want to do brings it to the forefront of my mind. So even if it's not the same triggers or they're not the same routine, mm-hmm. knowing that I wanted to get this, this, this done, yep, and penciling it in so I have to go back and look at it later and be like, ooh, yeah, I didn't do that, so let me go cram that in real quick helps me develop a routine and helps me meet my goals yeah here's the thing i'm good at that when it comes to work part of my routine is to take a look at my day but it's always my work day it's saying hey what do i need to do for my work day and laying out my to do for my work day what i don't often take a look at is my home stuff guess which days i do that on Saturday and Sunday? You got it. On Saturday and Sunday, you know that I go over to the whiteboard in the kitchen. Yep. You make and I list. make my list on the whiteboard in the kitchen. And guess who's really good at actually hitting those lists when he makes the list on the whiteboard in the kitchen? <gasps> you are. That's right. Thanks. So what's the difference between work days and at home days? It's the focus. Because on work days, I'm focused on laying out all the things that I'm doing for work. So That's you don't good. take time in the morning for personal stuff it just goes right into work mode pretty much every now and then i will write something up on the board if it's top of mind while i'm going through my morning routine Mm -hmm. and i will write it up on the board but very rarely do i intentionally create my to-do list up on the whiteboard if it's not saturday or sunday that's very true now that i'm thinking about it Mm -hmm. i've only seen saturday sunday lists And this is how we start picking apart our behaviors and figuring out how to basically hack our behaviors to get what we want. It's all about manipulating ourselves. In a way, yes, it actually is. And so you're asking a really good question in, hey, why don't why don't you do that? Why don't you take the time in the morning to outline Mm -hmm. whatever your goal is for the day? So what's the difference? Yeah, what's the difference between Monday through Friday and Saturday and Sunday, other than work? Yeah, and it's because I haven't made the time to think about that in the morning for work around the house or personal life things. I only am making the time to do that for work things, and so maybe what I need to do, and this is potentially something that I could consider as I'm thinking about what that trigger is, is making a little bit of space to think about, okay, what do I need to accomplish home-wise mm-hmm. in addition to what do I need to accomplish work-wise? So take a few extra minutes in the morning. Yeah. And that's something that I can stack on the series of habits that I already have. So that covers our monthly check-in as far as our goals go. Mm-hmm. You know, We were able to see what kind of progress we made, and I think we've got some adjustments that we know that we need to make, and we've got some actionable ways forward on that, which is great. Yep. Let's shift now and let's talk a little bit about the monthly spending review and let's talk about finances. Mm -hmm. And again, just as a reminder, the goal here is to understand where our money is going on a monthly basis so that we can see what we're spending on and so that we can start to understand what our financial independence number is. 
understanding what our monthly spend is and what that looks like on both a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, and a yearly basis helps us understand what our financial independence numbers look like to be able to say that we are financially independent and we would be able to have that financial freedom in terms of the amount of money that we have invested. Yeah, it totally gives you a better idea of what to expect. So then you kind of could come up with numbers easier than just hypothetically. Yeah, this is not something we necessarily want to guess on. We want to make sure that we're basing this in facts, in numbers that we can go back in historical data. And while that may not always be representative of what the future looks like, it gives us a really good idea mm -hmm. and it lets us know that we're beyond even being in the ballpark, but we're, we're in the right range. Um, barring significant changes or significant impacts, we'll know that on a month-to-month -month basis, on a year-to-year -year basis, we're in the right range as far as what we need to have. And mm -hmm. we'll be able to understand what gives us that safety, what gives us that comfort. So we went and we took a look at our bank statements. We took a look at all the transactions, and that was a really good indicator for us about where our money was going. So what did you learn? What did you, what was surprising to you or what did you learn about where your money was going or what, what insights did you get? I think the biggest insights that I got was some of my extra spending that I do through Patreon or Google Super, Super Chats on YouTube or things like that that I do in the moment, probably when I've had a drink or two and I'm like, yeah, I want someone to read my comment. Here's two bucks. And how those little two bucks add up on top of um, Patreon where I don't think about it. I get great content and great enjoyment from everything that I um, subscribe to. But it how much it is when it adds up. Um, so that was some of the big insight that I got. Did you get any insight for yourself? Yeah. So I think it was very revealing to show just in general when you pay attention to where your money is going. And I was a little bit surprised on where some of the money was going. And some of it was expected. Um, beginning of the year, we you know, paid our semi-annual taxes, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I expected that. We had that in the budget. We knew that that was going to be happening, things like that. But then looking at where some of the other spending was at and the amount that I had spent. And I did not think about those things in the moment but looking back on it now I'm recognizing and, and seeing oh that's having a significant impact Patreon you know YouTube Super Chats that mm -hmm. type of entertainment and mm -hmm. that's how I think about that is entertainment okay, yep. is and that's perfectly fine it's good to have that type of spending and budget that accordingly for what you want to spend but also be aware of how much you're spending on that entertainment be aware of how much you're spending on Patreon on YouTube Super Chats on whiskey, for example, uh, as entertainment and yeah. make sure that you're budgeting that and you're holding within the budget on that. I think the other thing just, you know, I bought you gas a couple times on yeah, your car did. and I didn't initially budget for that. It was fine. Like I had the money for it and it was going to come out of our pockets one way or the other. But to see, to see that show up and have that reminder of, oh yeah, I bought that gas for yep. you, and that was something that came out of the money that I had budgeted. Oh, yeah, if I'm going to do that, I just need to plan for that, or mm -hmm. we need to talk about it yep. and just make sure that there's the awareness of, oh, yeah, we're spending that money in that place in that way. 
I think really noticing that things all add up, like gas, you don't realize it until you start paying attention, it all adds up. Uh, that for me is the biggest thing is noticing where everything all adds up, Notice, knowing that I'm going to have a budget cut in the next few months. Mm-hmm. And I really, this past month, really paying attention to where and what I was spending on helped me come up with a plan for when I have to cut my budget, knowing kind of what is adjustable, what's flexible, how I could set myself up for this change in budget without really making massive life cuts. Yeah. And we already knew that we were going to try to be more mindful mm-hmm. about our spending and starting to pay attention to where even those little bits of spending here and there were going because of some of those changes in terms of with your job change and everything like that. And in looking at the amount, my amount of spending was already down 20% from my average just by starting to pay attention, Mm -hmm. just by starting to be a little bit more mindful about, Hey, where's my money going and trying to hold much closer to that budget. And I think for me, going forward, I'm going to try to reduce that even by another 25%. I really want to challenge myself to see if I can control that spending and be really mindful about where our money is going and how it's working for us that way. I think it's just crazy just by paying attention to where you're spending made you take a cut in your spending. You weren't purposely meaning to cut your spending at least I or at least for me too. I wasn't purposely meaning to cut where I was spending money, but by really paying attention to where I was spending it made me actually slow down in some of my spending. Yeah, it, that inherently happens when you start paying closer attention when you monitor things, mm-hmm. there will be an impact to that in some appreciable way. I was trying to just be more consistent with my budget mm-hmm. and in doing that had made some of those changes. And now that I'm taking a look at this, I'm going to intentionally try to reduce it even more because I realized that I was having some fun and I was spending on some nice Mm -hmm. entertainment things. Um, But I could probably tighten that up a little bit Mm -hmm. and I could probably be a little bit closer to where I want to be in that regard with entertainment spending. And it's not to say that I'm going to cut that out completely. But I do want to make sure that I am spending on the things that I am getting value from and the things that I want to be spending on and not be doing it quite as frivolously as I have maybe mm-hmm. in the past. And that's starting to to narrow down in terms of making sure that if we are going to be spending on experiences, that we get the value that we expect from those experiences. So what you're saying is that you're becoming mindful and intentional in your spending. Exactly. I'm sensing a theme. I know. It's a crazy theme that we're being mindful and intentional about what we're doing. And that extends into our money. Uh, And it is really interesting to see where our money is going because I may not have always been as mindful or as intentional as I wanted to be with that. No, I definitely know I haven't been. So room to improve. And even just taking a look at this is helping us start to make some adjustments that's going to help us get to the outcomes that we want to Mm -hmm. and being able to say, hey, where is this money going and is it going to where we want it to? Are we seeing the value out of this the way that we want to? And if not, what adjustments do we want to make Mm -hmm. so that we can make sure that we're hitting 
our goals, whether it's mm-hmm. a financial goal or if it's a living goal in terms of getting out there and experiencing life and things like that. Mm-hmm. If I'm spending frivolously on things that aren't really bringing me a ton of value or a ton of joy, if I get real mindful about how I'm spending on that, I can then go spend that really intentionally to have those great life experiences that I want and really maximize those experiences. Yeah, talk it out. It's really lining with so much, not so much nickeling and diming and overanalyzing where you're spending, but really making sure that you are getting value Mm -hmm. out of what you're spending. Yeah. Whether it's value is in you buy something or it's, hey, this is great experience that happened or, hey, I was able to work part time or, hey, I'm able to go donate here. But really, really taking the mindless, mindlessness out of it and really making sure that money is bringing you joy. For sure. And that there's a balance there. For some folks, spending the $5 on a latte, things like that, that's the little thing that brings them joy every day. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's the right thing to do. As long as they're doing that intentionally, I'm cool with that. But mindlessly spending that $5 on a latte every day, probably don't want to do that just because it's your habit or it's your Mm -hmm. behavior or things like that. If you don't really enjoy it, you're not really getting a lot of value Mm -hmm. out of that. For some people, that's very meaningful. For others, it's just a part of their routine. It's a part of what they're doing, and they don't really think about it. One of the things I would say is is it's maybe not as much to sweat the small stuff, like the $5, the $10 here and there. You are certainly right that it adds up. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, it's those little 5 or $10 spends that can bring you a lot of joy. A $5 Super Chat on YouTube. Oh, that's brought me a lot of joy can, many a time. Can bring you quite a bit of joy. And so that $5 spend is probably worth it. It's probably not worth that difference in that. It's about being critical about the right things in mm-hmm. the right time. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a little bit different for everybody. Um, well, then I think it comes off to the trade-offs. Like if a $5 latte every morning makes you happy, that's cool. Go with it. But that means whatever that cost is that you're putting to that, it might not go to something else and you have to be okay with that to make those choices. Yeah. By the way, for those of you that haven't done the math on that, a $5 latte, if you literally do that every day is over $1,500 a year. When you look at it that way, it's insane. It's a vacation. Well, and then you, that's what you really started me with when you broke down subscriptions, like, okay, it's five bucks a month, but when you do five bucks times 12, five times 12 is how much is it? 120? No. Fuck. When you do five 600? times 12 is 60? Six, so 600, well, $5 times 12 months. $5 times 12 months is 60. And then if you do 10 subscriptions at $5 a month, that's $600, $600 a year. Yeah. When you do it like that, you think like, oh, it's just a few bucks every so often. And then you add it up over a year and you're like, oh, shit, that's like a thousand bucks. Like I could have spent that on something else. But you have to be okay. Like that's fine if you want to, if you're willing to take those trade offs, and you're totally fine with it. But yeah, it's all about how you look at it, what brings you value, and what you're willing to trade off on. Yeah, and and on some of that smaller stuff, it's not worth sweating about. It's not worth agonizing over. Mm-hmm. Five dollars here, ten dollars here. Like, uh, you, 
getting the cheese sauce on top of your burrito is going to cost you an extra two dollars mm, get the cheese sauce that's totally worth it absolutely oh. right get the cheese sauce like that is going to enhance the quality <laughs> and that is not a significant spend like the difference of going and buying a new car or something like that and the difference of buying a civic versus buying a bmw right? Mm -hmm. That is a significant difference. And you're going to want to weigh that a lot more than the difference of agonizing over $2 cheese sauce by the cheese sauce. So as we like to do in every episode, we like to take a moment to reflect on what filled our spirit this week. Christine, what filled your spirit this week? This week, uh, I'm in between jobs. So I have actually nothing planned this week, which was great because I was able to focus on myself and kind of get my life back in order before I start a new job. Yeah, it's a good feeling, isn't it? It's great. Uh, how about you? So the thing that filled my spirit this week, we've been talking about your gardening and mm -hmm. helping to get that ready for you. Part of what you've wanted to do is to be able to do some of the growing of the seeds indoors. Mm -hmm. So this weekend, we talked about, hey, what do you need to be able to do that? We got you some grow lamps. We got you some heating mats. And then we also picked up some wood to get you a bench that you could work on here in the basement yep. and we put together that bench and i will say it is not the most well-crafted bench but it is what it needs to be but it is what it needs to be and it is level and you will be able to work on it <laughs> yes and <laughs> it felt good to be able to get that done for you and, and have a space for you to be able to do that so even though it was a little frustrating in the moment at times while we were putting it together i was still made me feel really good to be able to get that done for you and allow you to be able to take those next steps in getting your gardening going. Thank you. And that wraps up everything we're talking about this week. What are we talking about next week? Yeah, so next week we're going to talk about a secret goal, a goal that we actually have not talked about yet. And these goals are often known as a BHAG or a big, hairy, aggressive goal. Aggressive. Hmm, I like that word. I usually use a different word. Yeah, a lot of people usually use a different word for the A and B hag, but in this particular case, we're going to use aggressive. So we'll get into talking about what our big, hairy, aggressive goal is for 2024 next week and how we're working towards that. Feel free to follow us on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcasts. And in the meantime, we hope you live a spirited life. The topics and information on a spirited life should not be taken as financial advice and should be considered for entertainment purposes only.